Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. Davis steps under center. Gibson and McClendon behind it. Davis with motion by Richard. Will get the ball to McClendon. He leaps. Oh, he doesn't get in. He fumbled the football. Carolina holds. The game is over. And Carolina has won the game. Finley to throw. Over the middle. Intercepted. Wolfuck again. Wolfuck the other way. At the 30. The 40. Wolfuck to midfield. Miles Wolfuck with the pick. The heels on the doorstep of an enormous victory. Left side of the line. Hood standing to Williams is right. Williams going to throw. One-on-one. Davis has it. Touchdown. Carolina wins. Carolina is the Coastal Division champion. Bernard fields it at the 26. Heading to the far side. Gio at the 35. Gio, he's at the 50. No, he's not. Yes, he is. Gio, he's going to take it for a touchdown. Are you kidding me? Connor Barth for the possible win. Snap, spot, kick away, high enough, long enough. It's good! It's good! Carolina has won the game on a 42-yard field goal by freshman Connor Barth. Good gosh, dirty. This is the Heel Tough Blog Podcast. Hey guys, and welcome to another edition of the Heel Tough Blog Podcast. It's your host, Anthony Pagnata, with you guys, as always. And today, we get ready to shut down the defensive side of the football. It's the defensive back unit that we're breaking down for the 2023 season, which is, believe it or not, right around the corner. We're sitting here tonight, nine days away from the start of the season, the last episode of Carolina All Access just aired. So we are in the home stretch. Carolina is now fully preparing for the game against South Carolina. They still have no news on Tez Walker. And I got to be honest, at this point, they probably should prepare as if they are not going to get news. I would not be shocked if it drags into the season um, because, I mean, the NCAA clearly, I guess, uh, has bigger priorities, right? I mean, what else could they possibly be worried about not doing? So, um, we're going to keep you, you know, up to date on all that stuff as we head towards the season, but we still have two more positions group uh, position groups that we have to go through. And today the defensive backs, perfect day to do this. Their coach today, um, you know, a guy that really oversees everything. You've got Jason Jones, uh, who of course is the cornerbacks coach, but Charlton Warren is the co-defensive coordinator. He's a guy that's coached defensive backs at Carolina before where he coached both corners and safeties. And is not right now, since he is the co-defensive coordinator, really focusing hard on the safeties. But, you know, he's he, he talked about the entire defensive back group that they have uh, earlier this afternoon. Didn't really provide a ton 
in terms of updates on injuries at, at this point, I mean, look, he said that the doctors just have to handle it again. I, I would, I, 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 we haven't heard anything that's really been positive about the statuses of guys like DeAndre Boykins, um, Stick Lane, any of those types of guys. So Carolina is pretty much at the point now where they are preparing, uh, you know, and, and, and maybe they are keeping that behind closed doors, but if they're not, then they're preparing to have some really young guys, some really inexperienced guys on that side of the ball play uh, for this season. So it, this is going to be a weird one to sort of preview because, yeah, we're going to preview the unit a- as a whole. But at the same time, we're, you know, you got to know that there are going to be a, a lot of guys that we talk about tonight that are currently dealing uh, with injuries. So this is going to be a unit that even though we break it down here tonight and tell you, hey, these are the guys that we think are going to be big time contributors, they may not be out there for the first game of the season. And Josh Marlow here with me, buddy, th- this is this is the problem with this unit for years now. Um, this is the one unit that Carolina, for some reason, has never been able to keep healthy. They weren't able to do it under Larry Fedora late in his tenure. Uh, it got a little bit better early on in Mac Brown's tenure here, but we saw this, you know, sort of crop up as an issue last season, and now it's become an issue yet again this year. Um, and, and this time in the preseason, they're getting hit hard by injuries and. It's got to have people a little bit concerned about what that group's going to look like when they start the season uh, next Saturday against the Gamecocks. Yeah, I mean, unfortunately, that's this. I mean, that's part of this part of the game. Uh, football is a game of attrition, and you know, typically the the teams that are left standing at the end are the teams that got yes the most talent, but also the most depth. And I think that's something that in years past, when these injuries happened. There wasn't enough adequate ACC talent depth there behind them to keep you afloat. I think there's a little bit better depth just all around the board in the secondary. Um, there's, you know, you, you brought in some some transfer talent as well to really help you out. Um, but you know, the thing about it is, is that if if, if Carolina's defensive line does what it needs to do then it'll help a maligned secondary hold up until you get the guys back that, that, that can really make you a force in the defensive backfield. And what sucks is I think we were all excited to see um, what this what this position group was going to look like because you, you finally made the switch from Dre Bly, which was just a necessary change. Um, as hard as it was for Mac Brown to, to part away from a former Carolina great, it was necessary. He wasn't getting the job done. Um, and it wasn't from a lack of talent in the room because you had brought guys in like Tony Grimes and Storm Doug, guys that were, you know, very high-profile players that played well as freshmen that regressed after their freshman years at Carolina. And so hopefully, hopefully these guys can get back healthy. And when they get back healthy, Carolina's in a position to play meaningful football because I think when this secondary is at full strength, you feel as good about that group as you've felt in quite some time. Yeah, the problem is is that you just have absolutely no idea where, you know, what type of injuries you're dealing with, the timetables on most of them. The only one you know at this point is Legend Cavazos, who was given a four- to six-week timetable late last week. So 
that's the one that you've got. Everybody else, you're kind of trying to figure out how long they're going to be out for. And uh, it, it's, you know, a group that we talked about a lot. We'll add Don Chapman to it. He was in a red jersey apparently for the scrimmage the other night, according to Adam Smith of Inside Carolina. He asked about him today to Charlton Warren. So, I mean, this unit, this unit's as beaten up as it's probably ever been to start a season. So, that is one concern. The other concern is that, yeah, as you mentioned, there's a lot of turnover in this room, although let's be honest, it's probably frankly necessary. This was the worst unit that Carolina has had in the defensive backfield in terms of yards allowed in the passing game since 2003 during the John Bunning era. That should tell you everything that you need to know about how bad this unit was a year ago. Um, and it's why there was a change made back there. And they need to be able to take a step forward this year. Now, the thing is, yeah, the whole room has been overhauled. You're talking about eight guys that transferred out of the program from the room, and you've replaced them with four transfers and four true freshmen. So it's a complete, it, it's pretty much a completely different unit. You've got a lot of, you, you've got a good mix of veterans with the transfers that you brought in. You've got, some young guys that showed flashes and then you've got the true freshmen that are on campus and, you know, let's start, we'll just kind of go, you know, room by room. We will separate the nickel spot or the star position from the cornerbacks. And let's just talk about the corners first. This is probably the group you feel the most confident in. Um, You got, you know, Marcus Allen coming back from last year, Talked about guys that have shown flashes. He was definitely one of those guys. I thought towards the end of last year, he was probably the best corner that we saw on the field uh, all season. I I mean, there were times where you saw it from Storm Duck, but it just wasn't consistent. And when you allow over 600 yards in coverage, it's hard to say that you had a good season. Um, you, You know, with Marcus Allen, he's got the length. He, he's done, you know, a pretty good job. I mean, he's not the greatest guy in terms of creating turnovers, uh, but I don't really think that's that's his strength. He's a guy that's more just there to kind of lock guys down on the outside, be that corner that sort of drapes uh, over the wide receivers. So I, I think you, you like what you saw from him late last year. The question is, can he build on it unlike some of the guys that we've seen at this position in recent years, including a guy like Storm Duck, Tony Grimes, guys that had good freshman seasons or flashed during their freshman season and then were never really able to build on it. You bring in Elijah Huzzy, a, a guy who, look, he's coming up from the FCS level, but everything that we've heard about him is that this dude is the real deal. He is doing everything that he needs to uh, in camp. Um, you know, every time they talk about the, that, that defensive backfield, he's pretty much the first name that comes up and he, can take the ball away, which is something that this team desperately needs. Had 12 interceptions at East Tennessee State, including six last year when he was an FCS All-American. And then you've got Tayon Holloway, the guy that has taken the biggest step of probably any player on this entire roster. Um, I have There have been a lot of guys that have been camp stars since Mac Brown and his staff came back that I can remember. I don't know if there is someone that has been talked about the way that Tayon Holloway has in terms of just the sheer amount of improvement. They freaking love this kid. And he, I mean, won the, the third cornerback job. Um, he was going to probably win it over Legend Cavazos, even if, if Cavazos stayed healthy. 
Uh, and, and he beat a guy, beat out a guy who has a, a ton of starting experience in Armani Chapman for the position. So really, those are the top three at this position. And this is the first time I think you can legitimately say uh, in the last couple of years, probably since you lost Kyler McMichael, um, that you, you feel pretty confident about what this unit is bringing to the field in terms of having three guys you can count on going into the year. Yeah, big fan of what Marcus Allen did a year ago, a guy that would be physical in the run game, shedding blocks, uh, making plays at the point of attack. And like you said, a big, long body that could, you know, whether he was forced to turnovers or not, was just a position to, to really make plays. Kind of liking him a lot to what Des Lawrence was when Gene Chizik was here the first time. And Des Lawrence, it wasn't, you know, an all-ACC, all-American type of guy, but it was just a guy that, went out there and got the job done. When it comes to Elijah Huzzy, I got to wait and see it. Um, but you, you could do what you did at East Tennessee State where you're an FCS All-American. But when you step out on the field next Saturday against South Carolina, you're going to see the, the most talented football players you've ever played against. Um, it's it's promising that he has done his part so far in camp. But when you look at the struggles of that room for the last four or five years, I wouldn't say that it's hard to impress the the coaching staff considering the struggles of the guys that have come in and out of that room uh, really since Mac Brown returned. And then for Tayon Holloway, it, you know, if that's a guy that, that that's ready to, to play a role, um, you know, especially with, with, with Cavazos being hurt, that's a good thing because, uh, you know, if, as we're talking about when we, when we started this, you would imagine at some point there's going to be an injury or something that's going to happen and, his, his his role might increase even more. And so, um, you know, there's 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 talent here. There's there's depth here. Experience maybe isn't where you want it to be just all around the board. But sometimes sometimes youth is better. And sometimes if you have guys that are playing more off of just their instincts and just reacting to what's happening, as opposed to trying to think and process things. Sometimes you see guys play at a higher level. I think that was definitely the case with Storm Duncan and Tony Grimes, where they were just dudes playing off of their instinct of the game as opposed to trying to overthink and process stuff. So, um, But we, we'll, we'll, we'll have to wait and see um, how this holds up. It's not like they got a massive test week one because Spencer Rattler is as erratic as any quarterback as there is in college football, but – if you got the Spencer Rattler that South Carolina got to end the year last year with upset wins over Tennessee and Clemson, and then that bowl game performance, I think we'll learn a lot about this room next Saturday night. Well, I, I mean, I see uh, from what I've seen from South Carolina writers, no, this this room is going to be tested and tested often. Um, they have no running game. They, they, they do not have – their offensive line has not been able to run block the way they've wanted them to. Um, their running back group is there's a reason why to carry on Joyner, who is a former quarterback turned wide receiver turned quarterback now turned running back is going to be their starting running back. Um, so I, I, I mean, look, th this group, th they're going to see a lot of this early. Um, Huzzy, I'm, you know, I'm a little more confident in him because I feel like, you know, if you're if you're that dominant at that level, here's the thing: can you at least be serviceable at this level? Because that would be an upgrade from the inconsistencies that we saw from Storm Duck, especially early on last year. 
Like you're talking about Storm Duck, and we'll talk about DeAndre Boykins here in a minute. Those two guys a year ago allow were top ten in the country in yards allowed in coverage. Like that just, I mean, that just can't happen. It, it's frankly sickening because no other team in the country has two guys that are anywhere close to being up near the top like that. You may have one guy that gets beat a lot. To have two guys that get beat a lot is embarrassing. And, you know, for this group, look, I mean, you said that you don't think they have a lot of experience. I, they, they really they really do. They have more than you probably expect because you've got a guy like Cavazos who's played at, at Carolina now. He's had, you know, a few years at Ohio State. I know we didn't play a lot there, but still – you know, being in practice, he, he he's a guy that's at least experienced with being in college games. Uh, and then the, the biggest one to me that you have there, it doesn't seem like at this point he's going to play a major role right out of the gate. Um, I, we just haven't heard a lot about him. I could be wrong, and he could be a guy that the staff has just been very quiet about, is Armani Chapman. Like, he's done it in the ACC – He's not mind-blowing. Like, this is not an all-conference caliber player, but he's a guy that if you got to put him out there, he's serviceable enough. So I I feel pretty confident about this group that they have. And look, with, with Teon Holloway, I mean, he might play a pretty good amount in the first game, especially if they want – if they're going to want to try to use Huzzy in the nickel, which is quite possible at this point because of the amount of injuries that they've had there. Um but, yeah, I mean, this group, you know, it's probably in terms of the experience depth, just years at the college level, it's probably one of the more experienced groups that they've had. It's just how does it, how does it translate for some of these guys that are transferring in? Um, and, and, you know, can Teon Holloway really translate a great camp over to the field when he's playing against South Carolina, App State, Minnesota, Pittsburgh to begin the season. It's not an easy stretch, so you're going to learn. There are going to be mistakes that are going to be made. How quickly can those guys recover? You then go to the nickel spot, and and, and right now this spot, uh, just a complete disaster. Like you've got DeAndre Boykins, and look, man, DeAndre Boykins did some good things for them in, in run defense a year ago. It's really this simple. If he can't be better in covers than he was a year ago, he can't play. I, I mean, I'm sorry. You, you allowed 724 yards receiving a year ago in coverage. That is the most in college football. There, there was no other player in college football that allowed over 700 yards receiving. So it's just it's, it's got to change. Um, but the problem is, is that he's out and Stick Lane, who was your transfer, who came in, in the summer, he gets banged up early in fall camp. As of right now, don't know if he's going to be available for the first game. And even if he is, he has not had much time to learn anything about your defensive scheme other than being in meetings and being at practice and getting visual reps. So, I mean, this is this is probably the position of the biggest concern because then you turn to guys like converted running back DJ Jones, who, I mean, look, when I heard Mac Brown talk about this position a couple weeks ago, I thought it was going to be the true freshman Caleb Cost that would play if he had to because Mac Brown said he looked good, he's playing older. Well, Charlton Warren, when he spoke today, he didn't seem really 
that enthusiastic about where cost is basically said, look, you, you know, it just, just kind of made it a broad thing about the freshman and then basically was, was raving about DJ Jones. So there's a chance that we could see a converted running back at that star position to begin the season against South Carolina. Great. Yeah. Um, yeah, you 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 said it is a disaster. If if you got a converted running back out there week one against a team that we know is probably going to throw the ball, um, because the, you you kind of pointed out their issues being able to to run the football so far, in in the in, in fall camp, that's a that's a real nightmare scenario for Carolina. Um, and I think this is something where like yeah, you can definitely look at the injuries and say. You know this is this is a problem, but you know your number one dude, like you mentioned a year ago, uh, gave up over 700 yards in coverage. The guy that was maybe brought in to replace him, um, you know, Stick Lane is a dude that yes played three years, wrapped up 11 interceptions, but did so at the group of five levels. So you don't even know kind of how long is it would take him to adjust and play at a at an ACC level right away and. You know, I think this is where, you know, when you when you look at the defense, I think that's why there's there's so much pressure on the front four to 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 give this secondary a chance because you, you know there's there's too much there's too many injuries in there right now. Um, there's a lot of youth that's mixed in as well, um, and Carolina's going to see some above average quarterbacks kind of right out of the gate. Um, you know, the good news is that you're in a position where if you got to go toe for toe, 40, you know, that's touchdown for touchdown. We got a guy that can do that. But if, 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 if DJ Jones lines up, you know, as a starter next Saturday, I don't know how any, I don't know, I don't know how confident you should be that he's going to go out there and play at a high level. Well, I mean, look, I've said, I said it before, um, I, you know, the last time that we had a situation like this. I, ironically against South Carolina was the opener back in 2019 when we got the news before the game, we were doing a live show out at the Carolina bar, basically here in Charlotte, Moo and Brew. And we got the news that Chad Surratt, a converted quarterback who, by the way, when he was at quarterback did not play well, remember was coming off an injury. He got hurt the year before uh, in Larry Fedora's final season, he was going to start the opener at linebacker. And we said to ourselves, what in the world have we gotten into? And he came out and performed well. Now, I will say this. I think the transition is probably a little bit tougher to go from, from running back to defensive back. And the reason I say that is knowing DJ Jones' situation when he was in high school, he, he, was, he was a running back. He played, I mean, exclusively running back. At least his senior year he did when I saw him play and was watching him heavily. He, he was only on the offensive side of the ball. So a lot of this stuff is completely new to him. Now, the same it was the same thing for Chad Surratt, but we've seen that move before. I mean, hell, there's guys that have gone to the NFL level and made that conversion. Like the first one that comes to mind for me is former Wisconsin uh, quarterback Tanner McAvoy so that's a position we've seen guys we, we've seen them make that transition before this one would be really really tough and he, I mean he wasn't even at that he, he wasn't even at the nickel 
back in the spring. They were playing him at safety, trying to get him up to speed there. So I don't know. To me, it's to, it seems obvious. You guys are loving everything that you've seen from Teon Holloway. Uh, we've said Elijah Huzzy can play in the slot. They played him there a little bit. I think that's probably what you what you roll with. And you, as I said, you've got a guy in Armani Chapman who is there, who's experienced, and who should be ready to go if you have to throw him into the game. Um, there's also another guy, and I get it, he hasn't played it a lot, but he did it a little bit at his prior school. I don't really get how Derek Allen is not being factored in here. He's played the nickel before. He, he, he did it a, a decent amount at Georgia Tech. He kind of split his time there, um, you know, spent, spent a majority of it at safety, but he took a, a decent amount of reps in that nickel spot. Why does, is he not getting a look there? I just, unless they need him at safety, which is at this point is very possible. Um, so, I mean, yeah, that's, that's the frustrating part about where they're at. Well, let's turn to the safety position. And again, Injuries are a key factor here. Guys who flash, I mean, look, Marcus Allen, we said it earlier, he flashed towards the end of the season. I, I mean, he might not have been the guy that even flashed the most. Will Shipley, the or Will Shipley, geez, Will Hardy, the way that he played in the ACC championship game, ironically enough, against Will Shipley, um, was outstanding. Um, that was exactly what you want to see from a guy that's going to play the field safety position, which is where he is expected to play. Um, he, he looked good in the bowl game, too, for the most part. Now, look, of course, he, he still had, you know, some some growing pains a little bit late last year. But I still think this dude looks the part. Problem for him, he, you know, suffered an injury, I believe, late last year, had off-season surgery. And... Uh, he, you know, he, he was limited in spring practice, comes back, and so far he has not practiced at all in fall camp. He did not participate at all. So um, who knows? He is another guy. Status up in the air. We have to find out if he's going to be available to play. And, again, the thing is, is if he, he set out the whole uh, – the entirety of fall camp, are they even going to let him get out there and play a significant role for the team when they start the season? Um you know, the concerning part, the even more concerning one is probably Don Chapman because now if you don't have Hardy, you thought, okay, we at least have Don Chapman who is experienced. He started a lot of games for you, and he's solid. When he was in there late last year, the defense was a lot better than when he wasn't in there playing earlier in the year at the safety spot. I, I, I mean, if you don't have him, I, I just – I don't really know. I, I don't know what to tell you. Um, I think then you're, you're, you're banking on Derek Allen, a guy who's made three starts in his entire career. Um, you know, he's played a nice rotational role at Georgia Tech, but, I mean, still, a guy that doesn't have a ton of experience, he serves better as a rotational guy off the bench. And Geo Biggers, that, that's the one guy that you got. You know you've got him. He was pretty solid last year. I think a lot of people believe he can take a step forward this year in his second as a, as a starter. But again, injuries just continue to rule the to to, to rule the 
the issues that are going on here. Yeah, um, you know, it, it's 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 a real it's it, it's a real troubling spot for where that position group is right now. Um, because it feels like you've got like double the questions and you have answers right now at your disposal. And, you know, safety play is, has, has been, has, has, has been an issue um, for this defense, whether it's just being able to make the plays in the run game, pass game, whatever, you know, Don Chapman is a guy that has had an up and down career during his time at Carolina um, you know, you go back to Mac Brown's first year when he was a freshman. I mean, I thought, I thought he played at a really high level. Then he had some years where he didn't play very great. But then you mentioned last year, kind of when the defense was keeping Carolina in games because the offense kind of fell apart. You know, he was a big reason why back there um, as well. Will Hardy is a dude that I think also, you know, after we saw about 300 snaps or so from a year ago, there's 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 reason to like what he has to offer. But, uh, you know, in, in a day and time where the safety position isn't what it used to be in college football um, or just in the game of football, like when we first got into the game, you you had to have a dynamic safety, it felt like, to to be one of the type of defenses that could – make you a you know conference championship contender, which Carolina is trying to be. You don't necessarily have to have that, but you've got to have adequate, consistent play. And with the injuries right now, I don't know if Carolina can bank on that when they open up the season next week. Yeah, I mean, you got to have guys that just simply don't get beat over the top. And, you know, I thought towards the end of last year, for sure, they they were able to limit that. Um, it was really just about, you know, all the short stuff, the, you know, teams really just carving you up with, with, with short, quick passes uh, on a defense that was playing way off of guys. And they say, look, we're going to be more aggressive. Um, I, you know, had somebody that went and watched one of the scrimmages and said that's not even close to the truth. They are playing off every single time. They are not even thinking about pressing. So, I don't know what to believe when it comes to this group. Um, the frustrating part with this group is that I really do believe that when they get when they get fully healthy, they've got a group that it has a chance to be average to above average, and that's kind of where you need them to be. Um, you know, Gene Chizik. Look, Gene Chizik believes the complete opposite of pretty much. What we believe, we believe that it starts up front with this defense. If they're going to win games, they have to be able to get after the quarterback. They have to be able uh, to win at the line of scrimmage and drop ball carriers in the backfield. Gene Shizik says this defense is going to go as the defensive backfield goes. So if he believes that, then this group really has to step up this year because what we saw last year from them was unacceptable. And I'm – uh, that, that's part of the reason why he was probably, you know, sort of giving some of these guys that were looking into the transfer portal a little bit of a push to get in there and let's get some fresh bodies in here. Let's try to get guys that are going to that, – that I'm going to be able to mold into the type of players that I want them to be. So, you know, just looking at that group right there, 
all those guys that we mentioned, they can be significant significant contributors for this team. And, and some of them may frankly have to be um, because there is no choice. But it's a group that has a lot of talent. They have some decent experience to them. So I think it's one that you, you know, once they get finally healthy, you should feel pretty confident about. Um, you know, you look at some of the guys that are a little bit deeper down on the depth chart, Ty Adams, true freshman who joined the team in the fall, um, at cornerback, Trey Miller, a true freshman who also was with the team in the fall. Uh, so it's a couple young cornerbacks there as well. The cornerback depth is really, really good on this team. Um you know, the thing is, is that it's just they don't have a lot of guys that are experienced with playing that nickel spot. And and that's the concern right now. Um, at, and, and then you've got Aiden Duncanson, a guy at safety who, you know, may actually have a chance. Look, if, if Don Chapman is actually hurt, Aiden Duncanson is going to get an opportunity probably to get on the field at some point in that first game. Um, and, and that's something that you wouldn't have thought. We haven't really heard a whole lot about him. But, I mean, frankly, you know, where Carolina's at right now, everybody's got to be ready to make an impact. So, I mean, look, the room's got, you know, a lot of overall depth when they're healthy. But it's going to take a while, I think, for you to see that. The other guys that are a part of the unit this year, you've got uh, that are walk-ons. you got six of them this year. Christopher Holiday, the most experienced, uh, of course, the son of former Tar Heel player, now a guy that's a part of the administrative staff there. Corey Holiday, uh, he's a junior, probably the guy that of the walk-ons, if they needed to go to him, he's probably the most trusted of the walk-on group. Uh, you got uh, Nari Short, who's also a junior, and then you've got redshirt freshman uh, Jaden Shelby, uh, or, or Jaden Selby, excuse me, and Major Bird. Uh, and then you've got two true freshmen that are a part of the unit this year, uh, Reggie Love the second, and Jack Blight. For a full breakdown of this position and all of the other position groups, uh, offense and defense, make sure you head over to the website right now, fieldtoughblog.com. You guys can check it out there. Uh, we got all of those position previews for you. And uh, we also uh, have, you know, our – Articles that we like to do every year that will be coming up here shortly. Our breakout players, our bold predictions for the season. Of course, we'll be getting you ready with a preview for this upcoming season. we got a bunch of guys that landed on watch list. I'll be going through telling you which one of those I think uh, Carolina has the best chance uh, to see a guy win this year. I'll give you a hint. Probably is going to involve Drake May or Cedric Gray, but there are plenty of other guys who have landed on those watch lists. So we'll take a look at all of that stuff over on the website, HeelToughBlog.com. And, of course, the other thing that we're keeping you up to date on as of right now, of course, the injury issues that we're talking about here, if we get anything else from Mac Brown when he eventually talks to the media here before the team gets ready to take on South Carolina, we will let you know that. But as Walker's eligibility, are we going to find out something before the season starts? It's starting to seem more and more like we're not. But if we find out any new information on that, we will, of course, keep you up to date uh, on the website. So uh, that's going to wrap it up for this edition of the podcast. I uh, want to thank Josh for hosting with me. want to thank you guys for listening. And as always, go Tories.
Jamie here. We want to thank you guys for listening to this edition of the Heel Tough Blog Podcast. If you could, make sure you head over to wherever you listen to your podcast, find out where you can rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast, and go ahead and do that for us. The rating and reviewing, that helps us to move up some of those rankings, and the subscribing, that is for you, so you don't miss any editions of the podcast coming up. We look forward to you being a part of the Heel Tough Blog podcast family moving forward, and thank you once again for listening to this edition.